crazy. And I was thinking about my parents, which in 2020, they will, they will celebrate their 50th anniversary. They were married in 1970. And they could not have imagined at the time the thing that was started there when they said, I do. And, it, and pronounced over them, you know, you are husband and wife. And they're presented. They would have never dreamed that they would have a microwave, you know. Um, I'm joking. But, but my dad may have not thought, like, I'm going to trade in my Mach 1 for, like, some long, scary sedan or whatever, you know. I mean, like, there's a lot of things that have changed, but the basics are still there, right? They're still there, and um, there are a lot of things about their life, certainly, that haven't changed, but many that have. We're reflecting on the kingdom. We're looking back 3,000 years. We realize, like, there are things that we're going to look into that they're going to be talking about when we're looking at this, the kingdom and David and all this stuff. That, that All that stuff, like, we could feel really disconnected from because we are living in, you know, 3,000 years later. And when we're looking at this 3,000 years later, although the fundamentals have not changed, you know, change, God's promise has stood and His kingdom has grown and it's been progressively revealed like all that He had in store. And God doesn't start something and stop it. God doesn't make a promise and distracted. I kind of, I promised to do that, but like I just kind of got distracted over a 3,000 year period and I don't know what happened. That's not how it was. God's promise stands. And so today we're looking at it. We're looking at the early stages of this kingdom coming um, in before us. We know that the kingdom, when Jesus came on the scenes, we know that he said the kingdom of God has come, is at hand. Uh, it, it came in a very powerful way in the descendant of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, he ascended into heaven he is um, knowledge than even David would have grasped. And so today as we're looking at it, I hope you just remember that when we're looking at all these things, you just want to say to yourself, I'm getting a glimpse of the kingdom in these early stages, but it's, it's setting the framework for me to understand how the kingdom works throughout the rest of our lives. And even to make sense, by showing you something in the physical, it helps you make sense of things like spiritually that we understand, but maybe we just need to be able to see more clearly. So let's just go back, think about this real quick. David desired to build the Lord a house. The Lord set up a kingdom where he's then king. He has a house. He says, I want to build you a house, Lord. The Lord says, no, you're not going to build a house for me. Uh, later his son would, but, I, I'm, but what, what I'm going to do is build a house for you. A forever house. And this kingdom will last forever. His kingdom will know no end. And so David in response, when we studied last week, was in awe of God's promises to him. He responded in praise. Praise too wonderful for him to even say uh, it fully. And, it, and then it's followed by a prayer saying, Lord, make it happen. Please, Lord, do this. This week, 
We're going to kind of see the kingdom victorious. We're going to see it come in. We're going to see what it ought to be like. We're going to see some of the patterns there. And you're going to see three patterns of the kingdom. And hopefully this will be helpful for you. So as kingdom citizens, we can expect three patterns in the kingdom. One, conflict followed by victory. That's a pattern that you will see. Two, prosperity followed by worship. Three, the idea followed by order. And I I really, it's not exactly this way, but uh, I I mentioned to you often, like there's a guy, so that hopefully will help you. And so we're going to start there with the conflict followed by victory. And I want you to see something in verses 1 through 6. You ready? For me, and if I was, even if you're um, sitting there, I don't know what you would do if you have just your phone. But if you had a Bible, you would mark this text or the way I would. Is verse 1, I would mark the word defeated. In verse 2, I would mark the word defeated. In verse 3, I would mark the verse verse defeated. In verse 5, I would mark the the verse uh, in the word or two words, struck down. And then I would go down to verse 13 and mark the, the word or two words, striking down. And what I would want to identify is this. The Lord was giving David victory. I mean, I just want to understand, David is encountering difficult things, and the Lord is, is helping him. Or you could say, maybe this, these verses, talk, those verses I mentioned talk about the conflict, but yeah, followed by victory. And then you'll notice one other thing I just want you to see. In the end of verse 6, in the end of verse 14, the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. Verse 14, the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. So David's going to face conflict, but come out victorious. And that's something that is very clear. God's kingdom encountering conflict wins. Is that one of the things like Scripture says the Lord hardened his heart so that it really, it's almost like the Lord hardened his heart so he could take more punches. Does that make sense? Pharaoh, get back up. And he punches him again. Pharaoh, get back up. I'm not going to let him go. Pharaoh, get back up. He punches him again. Why? Why? Because he was showing that the most powerful nation of the world, no matter how, like, iron a chin Pharaoh could display under the hardening of his heart that God was doing, Pharaoh joyfully doing so also. He was hardening his heart. God was hardening his heart. And every time the Lord knocks him down, it's, it's, it's insane. And I, I just say that to say, like when the Lord is walking with this man, and moving the kingdom forward and showing you what it's like, all the enemies of God are falling. 
all that he had promised to Israel. It's like you're getting a little glimpse into the history of God's promise and you're saying, what's it like? What's it like when they stand against the Lord? Three step. They fall at every step. The king was to bring security and welfare to the nation. And the Lord is giving him victory at every step. It's a visible example of what the kingdom is like. That the nations of the earth, that the kings of the earth, that the powers of the earth cannot stand. That, that's kind of a display of that. It's an early display. You say it's a small little place, it's a small skirmish, and there's victory. A lot of people thought when Jesus came on the scenes that his conflicts would be with Rome. He would go and fight them. He would get in into it with Rome. You know, maybe he would start with a centurion and then he would kind of go up from there. Until he's up there like beating up the, the emperor, you know? Like they, they, they thought, you know. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And so Jesus like was fighting against the things that were deeper than just nations. The things at the, the very heart of humanity. The things that we war against even when we say the country's at peace. Those immaterial things, those deep and dark things, those things that get you, that you say, it doesn't matter how much money I have, I can't fix this. Those kinds of things. The powers of this present darkness type things. Jesus walks through this life and disease shows up and he overthrows it. And disorder shows up and he overcomes it. And death shows up and he defeats it. That's what you see and you're like, hold on, th that, this is amazing, this is shocking. This is not a little skirmish. This is the thing that plagues all of humanity. And he shows you, he reverses the curse of sin. And the demonic shows up. And he sends it away. They're frightened by him. The people sometimes, like the disciples, they say, Who is this man? Even the winds and the sea obey him. He shows dominion of victory when he speaks a word. As I said, the, the demonic, even when Satan comes to tempt him, he basically, after allowing him to do that three times, he says, get away. He controls it all. He is Lord over everything. So this little glimpse into the life of David is a visible example of, of the victory of God in His kingdom when conflict shows up. So, I might say, you say, okay, that's all good. 
but what about in our lives? Like, how does that work out? I think one of the things you have to say to yourself over and over and over again is the things that you're probably not that scared of is like Arkansas trying to take over Texas, which would be funny. Let's say that. No, I'm just kidding. That, that was just sad. That, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Or Missouri, let's say that. Sorry, Carl. But I'm just saying like, like that would be funny. But it's not like, it, that's not what you're concerned about all the time. The things that really get you, the things where you're like, man, you, you almost, and this is how it is in, as an American, man, we want to like think everything is science, you know, like there are no spiritual battles, kind of, you know, and so we're going to fight our battles with everything that we can come up with on this earth, and then we say, everybody's still depressed. Why? You know, it's like, well, maybe, just maybe, age, we, we would say there's the, the, and the devil are all in concert seeking to destroy us. We say that, but a lot of times we just act like that doesn't really exist. But what I would just say to you, when I'm facing those things, those things that we would say are the deeper matters, the things that are really insanely difficult, the things that could keep you up at night, the frightening things, the sorrow, whatever those things may be, I have to go back and get a glimpse into this early kingdom and say, what was it like when God was with David and he faced his enemies? What was it like when Jesus is walking on this earth and he is facing all the disease, disorder, and death? What was that like? And get a glimpse of what the kingdom's like and what the king's like. What, what the king's like. How does he face those things? What kind of authority does he have? And is he on my side? And if he is, like, where does that leave me? When I know that when, when the curtain kind of is pulled back and I can see that even though I can fix a lot of problems with all that I have, when the curtain is pulled back and I see how really, how scary things really are in the heavenly realm, what's really going on. On those things I can't fix with a pocketbook and I pull that curtain back. I'm driven to this the king reigns. The king will never leave me or forsake me. The king promises that no power. King. And so I run to him and say, King Jesus, can you please rescue me from those things that I thought I could rescue myself from, but I've never been able to? As kingdom citizens, we can expect three patterns. Conflict followed by victory. When the, again, when the king, empowered by the Lord, experienced victory over and over and over. That should help us see that. Now, second, prosperity followed by worship. Now, verses 7 through 12. Uh, how, how many times have I been in a place where I have asked the Lord. I was doing something, Ryan and I were working on a little project that we've been working on and doing some recording the other day. 
And um, I, I was real. I mean, like the first little bit, I was like, ugh, I can't do this, you know. And so um, I sent Anna a text, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this, you know. Like I just, you know, and she's like, I'm praying for you. Give it time. Like, it's the first time you try to do this. I'm praying for you. And, um, like, you know, like, within, like, 30 seconds, like, I'm rocking along and feeling good, right? So I'm thinking, like, I'm really good at this. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, no, no, but, I mean, like, there is that deal. It's not like me reflecting back and saying the Lord, the Lord was gracious. He answered her prayer. She sought the Lord. He answered it. You know, that wasn't my first thing. First thing is like, yeah, I can get the hang of this. And I think sometimes we get that way. But you'll see here, that what happens is, and you'll see it, look at it, verses 7 through 12. You're going to see this kind of as you're moving through. But David will have victory over these enemies, and then he's going to gather up much gold, silver, and bronze. And then you'll see that as a result of that, like, his victory over these enemies, which is basically all over the promised land that God promised victory, north, south, east, west. There's all kinds of things going on here. And then there's one guy, Toy. He's like, oh my goodness, David's being victorious everywhere he goes. Let's go be friends with him and check on him. Are you healthy? Do you need anything? And here's some more gold and silver and bronze, right? There's this prosperity coming into the kingdom. And that's very clear. Now, one aspect of that that we would say is this. And this is something we don't think about, I don't think, all the time. But, you know, this is a little glimpse into how this works with the kingdom. You know, Haggai 2, 6 through 9 says this. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be Greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Revelation 21, 24. By its light will the nations walk, speaking of the new heavens and the new earth, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Revelation 21, 26. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. So... What we're saying is, or what you're seeing is, is a glimpse into the fact that the nations will show up and their treasures will gather before the Lord. He owns it all. This is his world. He made it. He created it. And all, when heaven and earth are united again, all those things will be clearly displayed as God's. It, he, it, it, they're all his anyway. And so there is an element here. We're looking at this and we're saying, listen, this prosperity is a reality of the kingdom, not in the sense of like, hey guys, you're all going to make a lot of money this year. You know, I mean, it's not like some crazy thing. I'm not, we're not saying that. What we're saying is, is 
what Paul said to the Corinthians, you're already kings. You are glory and all those things that we... Now, what is the proper response, though, for someone who experienced... Both, I mean, sometimes when we say, like, can y'all, let's praise God for his blessings. Sometimes, you know, we could have this long list of things where, like, well, the Lord gave me this, and the Lord's provided this. And it's all physical. And that, again, I, I think we should thank the Lord for physical. But, but one of the things you'll see just unbelievable amounts of things in the New Testament that will speak of the wonderful spiritual blessings that we have that transcend anything monetary. So how do we respond? Again, how are you going to respond? How does David respond? How, how does the king respond to God's blessing of him? He lives in awe, and then he, you could say, like, he grasps the glory of God, his, his wonderful glory, his blessing, and then he offers back himself to him. That's what he does. He offers back his life. He worships. What is worshiping? It is seeing God for all that he is and then ascribing glory to him, honoring him with what he's done. God gave us deliverance. God like blessed the nation with all of these things from all those nations. And now I'm offering back to the Lord what he's given. That's what he did. And that's what you'll do. Like that's if if you if you're really worshiping the Lord, that's what you're going to constantly be saying. The people that gripe the most in a church, y'all ready for this? Are generally the people that are not what I would say worshiping properly. They're not living in awe before the Lord. Why? They're not being worshipped. Right? They'll say, nobody said hi to me. You're like, church is about like honoring God, not you. Do you want to be the person that we sing praises to? Is that what you're asking for? Is that what you want? Are you God? Well, I didn't really like, and you're like, what are you talking about? This is not about, this is not your show. This is about bringing glory and honor to the Lord. It's about you forgetting about yourself. It's about you saying, he must become greater, I must become less. It's about you forgetting that you're even like, any consideration about whether or not you feel a certain way, and it's, is God going to be pleased with this? Is God pleased with this? Is God pleased with it? Does this, this, do those songs really reflect who God is? Is God pleased with that? It's the Scripture on display every week and everything that we do. Is God pleased with that? Does that correctly represent Him? When someone is asking those questions, the response to the fact that they are glorying in God is to offer themselves back and say, how can I serve Him? 
How can I serve Him? How can I serve Him? How can I serve Him with my time? How can I serve Him with my energy? How can I serve Him with the the financial resources I have? How can I serve Him? How can I offer back all that He has given me back to Him? How can I take all those spiritual... That's what happens when somebody sees God as the as the way in which you're, you've been blessed. If you meet somebody that says, well, I worked really hard at that. I did that. I did this. I did everything. Everything in my life is because of me. I made every right choice. I took all the steps. I worked hard for it. It's mine. Who's he worshiping? Himself. And what's his life going to be about? Himself. And how's his time going to be spent? It's going to be spent on himself. And how's he going to treat other people? He'll look down upon them because they're not like himself. But someone who sees every good and perfect gift comes down from above says, how can I offer back? How can I offer back? They come with their, he- their head- heads down thinking like, how-, how can I offer back? How can I give back? How can I serve? How can I like restrain my wicked heart from serving myself so that I can give and honor and bless the one? who has blessed me. That's what you see in David. And that's what the kingdom's like. That's when you know your heart's aligned with the kingdom. That's when you know your heart is aligned with the kingdom. Turn there real quick. Oh my goodness. Y'all looking at your watches? I just did. Sorry. Hang with me just for a couple more minutes. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable, 1133, sorry if I didn't say that, are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been His counselor or who has given a gift to Him that He might be repaid for from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. This comes at the end. This is a doxology at the end of this glorious truth about the salvation that we have been given. And He's saying, all praise and honor and glory belong to Him. Look at chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So what's the kingdom like? The kingdom, patterns of the kingdom, conflict followed by victory, prosperity followed by worship, and three, the ideal followed by order. This is just a couple of things we'll just say about this. David administered justice and equity to all his people. He is exercising his office in a proper way. 
That's what you would say. David is exercising his office in the proper way, doing what was just and right for all of his people. And he also assembled a group of people to help him in that. Right? So you have this group of people leading and guiding the people in a way that would bring blessing to them. In Jesus, you see, he is the prophet, priest, and king. He embodies all. So what about us? I'm going to read this one illustration that um, Davis wrote about, and I thought it was really neat. He said, my wife is from Kansas, and she rather likes her native state. We have not lived in Kansas in over 20 years. Currently, we are settled in Mississippi. Just off our patio, however, is a small plot, perhaps 15 by 7 feet, loaded with samples of native Kansas plants, grasses, and flowers. Several years ago, Barbara sent off the basics of a uh, sent off for the basics of a Kansas garden. We prepared the plot, souped up the soil a bit, and now Kansas visibly thrives outside our back window. Barbara has made a bit of Kansas appear in Mississippi. And and that we would say, and that's what you ought to do. That's what you ought to do. You want to display a bit of the kingdom. You say, Jared, I fail a lot at that. I say, of course I do too. But you want to cultivate the soil for a bit of the kingdom to be on display. That's you're an. Will asked me yesterday about what's an ambassador. I I said he's a representative of another nation who who represents the. You know, sometimes the desire, sometimes the heart of that nation. He just he represents another nation. He's living in a foreign country, representing another nation, and you are, right? You're a kingdom citizen called upon the Lord to be an ambassador representing the king. And so, you understand as a kingdom citizen, three patterns of the kingdom, conflict will be fought. It's just on this. But know this, the Lord is good. He has been merciful for, uh, to us to show us what the kingdom's like in a visible form. And we should take those things and rejoice in them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask for wisdom and direction as we seek to, to, to live in light of those principles, those truths, those aspects of the kingdom that we get a glimpse in here, get fuller revelation in the gospels and see on display even further as we see the church responding to the inauguration of the kingdom. And we wait for the day when it will all come together. In Christ's name, amen. If you would stand with me.